Well, a very, very good Friday afternoon, everybody. Welcome to Friday Live on this Friday, June 12th, 2020. I'm Jim. And this is Cheryl, and a beautiful Friday it is. And it's going to be a lovely weekend. I can't wait to hear Jim's fabulous forecast. I know. It seems that uh, the sun is going to be out for a few days here. Nice. Enjoying. We had nice weather earlier this week, Monday, Tuesday. Sunday, too, was pretty. Right, right, gorgeous. Uh, But then we had... sandwiched in between the rain but here we are weekend already and um things are opening up are they well yeah to a degree <laughs> although poor philadelphia no you get frustrated because oh, you're on that uh, reopened bucks county whatever right. it is and, and uh, those people just got the news that they're still locked down they they didn't and even new jersey which was a hotter spot than bucks county and pennsylvania um new jersey is out of that stay-at-home lockdown has been lifted, you know, so you have some more freedoms and more things opening. And Bucks County is still Philadelphia lockdown. You know, rightfully, you're not supposed to go anywhere. But, I mean, no one's obeying it. But the the governor just issued his, you know, just stay in place. I'll let you know when. They're just hanging on a wing and a prayer. Terrible. But there are going to be public masses masses this weekend. Yes. So, you know, thank goodness for that. And, and how beautiful that it's Corpus Christi this mm-hmm. Sunday. So and so we're going to we're, we're trying to kind of keep you posted on all of that. Uh, this hour, we're going to be joined a little later on by Father Dennis Gill, who's the director of worship in the Archdiocese of Philadelphia. Yes. So we have uh, he'll share with us uh, information about the Archdiocese. Slight changes in depending on the diocese you're in, but. Right. Father Gill uh, certainly knows his stuff, so he'll kind of fill us in on that. Yes. Um, and then, of course, we're going to play Name That Catholic Tune. Jim's here with the weather. Later on, next hour, Father Chris Rogers will give a reflection for this Sunday's Gospel, the Feast of Corpus Christi. Mm-hmm. And uh, then we'll be joined by Jim Coleman. Jim is an actor, and uh, he is currently... I don't know if they're still touring. They may have had to put those, that on pause well, there. Well, it's it's paused, but they are taking dates, I guess, you know, f- into the future a little bit when you feel like. And again, they go national, so they might not be able to make an appearance and produce um, their program in New Jersey or Pennsylvania, but certainly in the Midwest. It's the one-man, what they call it a one-man show or the stage production of Tolton from Slave to Priest. And uh, we just thought it'd be nice to have Jim on, talk about that, the production, his uh, background as an actor, but also, you know, in the midst of the situation we find ourselves in, um, certainly um, portraying uh, Tolton, who was a slave and right. became an, uh, the first African-American priest, I think it was, right, um, in the Chicago area and mm-hmm. all that he had to go through during that time and uh, right. kind of trying and to Just in, in light of all mm-hmm. the unrest, you know, sometimes there could be a great amount of uh, education and healing and positivity that comes from the arts. learning experience yeah. yeah yeah so we can so jim will be here next hour but first we're going to pray my friends and again if you're listening live at 403 on this june 12th 2020 we're coming to you on all of our domestic church media radio stations also on all of our audio platforms our streaming audio our free mobile app or if you have an a, a amazon uh, echo uh, or Google Home device, home speakers, just say play Domestic Church Media. We'll stream live there. And today, as we do when we do our live programs here from the Domestic Church Media Center, we uh, do a stream live video on our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash domesticchurchmedia. Also live streaming video on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash domesticchurchmedia, and streaming live video right now on our homepage at domesticchurchmedia.org. And we have that video going for the entire hour. Take a break at top of the hour. We come back on with more video of the second hour. So 
all kinds of ways to watch and listen. And uh, now there's going to be all kinds of ways to come together and pray. So we invite you, my friends, wherever you are, to join us in prayer. And all of those special intentions that you have. Of course, we're still praying for our young friend Maria. I, I didn't get an update today on her. Mm-hmm. I know yesterday that they were trying to make a decision on, on bringing her home oh. uh, from the hospital, but we've not heard much since so it's then. Been a, so a good week in the hospital. With yes, yeah. so we'll keep her in prayer. And of course, as we've been doing all week, we're praying for our country, praying for our president. Uh, and our elected officials, those who are making decisions, uh, that there will be peace among people in our country, and uh, pray, uh, just just pray for all the trouble and praying for the end of this pandemic that mm-hmm. we find ourselves still in. And we'll pray the prayer that Holy Father composed for that, praying to our Blessed Mother for an end to the pandemic as well as our other prayers. So let's come together now in spirit as brothers and sisters in the Lord and begin as we begin all good things in the name of the Father and of the Son, and of the Holy Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Amen. O Mary, you shine continuously on our journey as a sign of salvation and hope. We entrust ourselves to you, health of the sick, who, at the foot of the cross, were united with Jesus' suffering and persevered in your faith. You know our needs, and we know that you will provide, so that as at Cana in Galilee, joy and celebration may return after this time of trial. Help us, Mother of Divine Love, to conform ourselves to the will of the Father and to do what Jesus tells us. For he took suffering upon himself uh, and burdened himself with our sorrows to bring us through the cross to the joy of the resurrection. Amen. And we'll pray the prayers to St. Michael the Archangel and the Subtum Presidium prayer to our Blessed Mother as Holy Father asked to pray uh, to protect the church from the attacks of the devil. And so we pray, St. Michael the Archangel, defend Defend us us in in battle. battle. Be Be our our protection protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. devil. May May God God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And do thou, O Prince of the heavenly host, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who prowl about the world, seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. We fly to thy protection, O Holy Mother of God, despise not... Do not despise our our petitions petitions and our necessities, necessities, but deliver us always from all dangers, O glorious and blessed Virgin. Amen. And Jesus, Mary, and Joseph, we love you. Pray for us. Venerable Archbishop Sheen, pray Pray for for us. us. St. Pope John Paul II, pray Pray for for us. Our Lady of Good Remedy, pray pray for for us. us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. And we'll remind your friends also to... uh, Send your, your prayer requests to us because uh, this coming Monday is third Monday already, and Bruce will be here uh, for his program, Come to the Throne, where he throws open the prayer tent, and we come together in prayer for an hour of live prayer time over the air. And uh, if you, uh, we certainly encourage you to call in and pray with Bruce over the air. But if you uh, can't do that or would prefer not doing that, we certainly also encourage you to send your prayer requests to us. Uh, in the meantime, you start right now if you want. And um, the address would be pray at domesticchurchmedia.org. That's pray at domesticchurchmedia.org. And I'll be happy to have that prayer request here uh, for Bruce when he um, comes on Monday. Now, speaking of Bishop Sheen, as we just prayed, asked for his intercession, um, our engineer, Nick, who uh, does such wonderful work here at the Apostolate for us regarding the equipment, um, is in was in early today in Manhattan apparently, and he sent me a picture 
the corner of East 43rd Street and Lexington Avenue is there's a sign that says Archbishop Fulton J. Sheen Place. Really? Yeah. Now, did he reside there or something? Well, I had gone to his, uh, I'm not sure, it looks like this, I don't, I don't know that part of New York. So it's 43rd, 43rd and Lexington. Um, okay. I remember going to his, I actually sat in his office. I had gone to meet with uh, Monsignor Kozar, who at the time was the the um, director of the Pontifical Society for the Propagation of the Faith. As we were beginning our work, I just felt the, the need to write to him and tell him what we were doing and dedicating this work to Sheen, invoking his intercession, and he had me come to New York and have lunch with him. It was a long time ago. Yeah. Long time ago. I don't even remember that. No, it had to be... Before everything got started. Maybe 2005, yeah, okay. before. And... Um, but anyway, I remember going, but I thought it was down near the Empire State Building on 34th Street mm-hmm. and 5th Avenue. I, I thought that's where the office was, I, I believe. And I remember going into the building and taking the elevator up. And when I got off of the, the floor of Monsignor Kozar's office, as the elevator doors opened, there was a big picture of Archbishop Sheen. Oh, wow. Anyway, he and I were chatting and talking, and I was just sharing how I felt compelled to begin invoking his intercession. He said, well, you know, you're sitting in his office right now. <laughs> How prophetic Whoa. was that? Whoa. But this oh, is wow. Lexington and 43rd, so I don't know what that is. But it says there's a sign above the Lexington Avenue sign that says Archbishop Fulton J. Sheen Place. Hmm. But I thought about that sitting in Sheen's office, and you and I, when we were down at the network in March, we actually were sitting in Mother Angelica's office. I know. And we sat in a lot of important chairs. <laughs> a lot of important chairs. <laughs> the conference table was still there, right. her office. So that was – so we've – been in those holy places, <laughs> but I don't know what I don't know that part of New York, Lexington Avenue. Is that yeah. uh, is that like second or third or I don't, third or fourth? Is it? I don't know. It's one of the lower streets. I'll I don't think I'll ever go to Manhattan again. I'll tell you that. I know. You know I've been thinking about going, and I don't know. Part of me, it's almost like what for? Because then oh, the, the shops are destroyed and things aren't quite open, and mm-hmm. like why? And you know, I don't know. It's it just, just seems a, a sad, and there's a little bit of a fear. I mean. I, I guess the big riots are kind of quieted down, or maybe they take the place protests later. The protests are there, but they're peace. They're more peaceful now than any yeah. any there. They and might they would still be, be later a, at night anyway. Might still be an occasional, you know, yeah. rock throw. I or don't something. know. I, th- I just feel like in that regard, I'm not afraid of like the train or the. I don't carry around a gallon of hand sanitizer. That's just me. Um, so I'm not fearful on that safety side of things. But you know, mm. I don't know. I, I just I would, feel like uh, it's a, after watching, and I probably watch too many videos and f- news programs where they just show all this. Yet, stuff I think going back. On. Let's see, it would probably be about fifty-three years ago. I remember night was. I tell you what it was. It was August of nineteen sixty-seven. You know me and my dates. How do you remember? I just I remember seeing they have the ticket stub. The first Yankee game that my mom and dad let my brother and me and a few of our friends go, go into yourselves? the city by ourselves. Mm. Where she, they put us on the bus at the suburban bus station in New, in New Brunswick. Right. Took that bus into Port Authority. Now remember, in 67, I was 13. My brother was five, four years younger. younger. He was nine. <laughs> <laughs> and a few of our friends. And went into, bought a bus went into Port Authority, New York. My mom said, take the A train to 59th Street, take the D train to 161st. Oh, my gosh. So we wrote that down, and 
got got on <laughs> on the subway. Unbelievable. And you know, these are the days of no cell phones. Nothing, no tracking devices. She no. put us on the bus. That's the last she saw of us. Until you got home. Until we, until we called her over the boat. We got home. So right. you just, I mean, could you imagine putting a, a 13 and a nine year old on a bus to New York? I know adults that wouldn't go by themselves. I don't think I would do that now, honestly. No. I don't think I would do that now. But, but uh, you got to go with the group and a, those and a, were the a days. leader with the red flag, you know? <laughs> those were the days. Oh, Unbelievable. Boy. Well, and I, safer back then. I know. I guess so, obviously. Or people were more trusting. Yeah. More trusting. And if you had an issue, you could just go to an adult. But today, who do you who do you choose to go to? You know, it could be any crazy. I don't know. <laughs> anyway, so Father Gill's going to be joining us in just a moment. He's the uh, director of liturgy uh, over at the uh, worship, I should say, over at the Archdiocese of Philadelphia. He'll be talking about some of the new changes, mm-hmm. temporary, coming in as we uh, return from the COVID. A lot of uh, parishes now opening up. To uh, restricted masses. to public masses yeah. this weekend. But interesting how uh, now my the place where I work, the parish is in the Diocese of Metuchen, uh, quite a different scenario to what I do hear that they'll be doing in the Archdiocese of Philadelphia and probably mm-hmm. even different still from Trenton. So right. I think the bishops had gotten together and they talked about a lot of things and then um, it was down to the individual bishops right. directing their parishes. Right. So Father explains some of that to us. So stay where you are, friends. There's more to come. Be right back. Don't go away.
Welcome back, friends. Happy to have you on this beautiful, beautiful June day. And we want to welcome to the program a dear friend of ours we've known for many, many years. Father Gales, the rector and pastor of the Cathedral Basilica of Saints Peter and Paul, and also the director for the Office of Divine Worship in the Archdiocese of Philadelphia. Father, welcome back to the program. Thank you very much. I'm very happy to be with you today and also to have this opportunity to speak to all who love your radio show. <laughs> well, you know, we I was thinking earlier today, Father, uh, the three of us go back many, many, probably about 20 years ago, where you would come on regularly. We were over at a station in, in the Philadelphia area, and uh, you would actually take live calls and answer questions. Yes, you remember that. I remember that. That, yeah. that was wonderful. And sister, really wonderful. Were we not also with Sister Mark Ann? Mm-hmm. That's right. That was in the year 2001, I think. Wow. Oh my. I'm wow. just so glad none of us has aged, you know. No. <laughs> well, <laughs> well I, I, someone showed me a picture today. A seminarian from Our Lady of Good Counsel, Randy Kraft, showed me a picture that he had discovered of when I was assigned to Good Counsel, which was in the 90s. And I said, Randy, you mean I don't look like that today? And he was very kind. <laughs> well, I think one thing that's been aging all of us has been the past three or four months, I guess, oh, going my. through this pandemic. And yes, uh, it's been Especially how to it's adapt. An incredible experience, right? And and you know, our, our, and we have, as you know, Father, many listeners over there in the Philadelphia Archdiocese on our radio stations, and of course throughout New Jersey as well. But you know, so we've all missed liturgy so much, and of course now as yeah. things begin to reopen, uh, masses are once again becoming uh, public. But there are some there are some things we have to be aware of, and that's why we asked you to come on the program today to talk about some of this. Well, I want to thank you. It was a very long Eucharistic fast, almost three months, mm-hmm. and we could go back and forth debating whether or not it should have ever happened, but it did. And so we move out of it with a very positive and evangelical perspective. The first thing is to remind us of the central place that worship has in the life of a Christian, and especially the Holy Eucharist, coming to Mass on Sunday and joining with Christ in the offering of his body and blood in the Eucharistic prayer. That is the centerpiece of our Christian life, and it's from that place that we receive everything we need to live the Christian life. Now, I wish that we had come back full force, but there are still some mitigating standards that we need to observe, Mm -hmm. and not in any extreme way, but especially for the confidence and safety of others, We need to continue to have a reasonable distance. We need to make sure that we are careful about sanitation personally and the places where we worship. And here in the state of Pennsylvania, we are able to occupy at this point at least 50% of our churches. Oh, wonderful. And not every diocese in the state of Pennsylvania chose to go that high, but we did here in Philadelphia. So... With those three things in place, we should be able to celebrate Mass with a great serenity. We do ask at this time, though, that those who are coming to Mass wear masks. No one in the sanctuary should wear a mask. However, those in the nave, we ask to wear a mask. Altar servers may be an exception, especially if their parents want them to wear a mask. Mm -hmm. We've also asked that during this period of time that we be somewhat moderate in our singing, only because there are some concerns about the aerosol that comes from singing. But again, that's disputed as well. Mm. So we take a 
middle road and a safe course. But I can say we had wonderful celebrations of the Holy Eucharist here last Sunday at the Cathedral Parish. Tomorrow, the Archbishop ordained 13 men to the diaconate, and so the cathedral will be half full, and it'll be a beautiful celebration of that sacrament. And next Saturday, the Archbishop will ordain five new priests for the Archdiocese, and it'll be a similar situation. But even with these two grand celebrations, which in ordinary time are open to the public, and the place is wall-to-wall with believing and enthusiastic Christians, uh, there'll still be splendid celebrations. And in fact, any of your listeners who would want both of these ordinations tomorrow and next Saturday will be live-streamed, and you could get that information on the website of the Archdiocese of Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. You know what's so beautiful about the the live-streaming, you know, that we were able to unite our prayers with people across the miles, you know, imagining them, just trying to imagine all the people in their homes um, listening and watching the Mass. And I had several people, I'm in a parish now where I work, is in New Jersey, and we had people say, I visited the uh, Cathedral Basilica. It was as if people were going Mm -hmm. all over. They were watching. They were church church hopping. (laughs) Now, Will, um, what is your take on that? You'll have to continue the live streaming, I imagine, because of the capacity. Well, live streaming happened well before the pandemic. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, we live streamed all the time, oh. and we had a special concern for those who are homebound and sick that they might benefit from the celebration of the sacred liturgy through live streaming. Mm. But we have learned a lot about live streaming through the pandemic, and it has benefited a great number of people and a greater number of people than those who actually come to Mass. So one of the things that's a great benefit to live streaming is that the Word of God is being announced in all of these homes, yeah. and people are hearing the saving Word of God. You're not actually participating in the Holy Eucharist. You need to be in person to actually participate in the Holy Eucharist, the Mass. But you're hearing the Word of God. You're, you can do that via live stream in a very effective and personal way. Also, it reminds people the beauty of the Mass especially those who have been acquainted to the church, with the Church for some time. So I see many, many great blessings to live streaming, and so it will continue, and it will continue especially for the homebound mm-hmm. and those who want to be with us and can't be with us. Mm. So the dispensation from um, Mass obligation, <clears throat> as I understand it, extends now to September. Is that in the Archdiocese as well? No, it, that, that is determined by each local bishop. Okay. And so I know that many bishops throughout the country— have decided to extend the dispensation from the obligation for Sunday Mass and Holy Days until the first weekend in September. Here in the Archdiocese of Philadelphia, Archbishop Perez has made this statement, that the dispensation continues until further notice. Mm. So we haven't decided yet when the obligation will be once again uh, imposed. Mm -hmm. But, you know, if I could just take a moment to say this to uh, all those who are listening, even though we have the dispensation from attending Sunday Mass, Sunday remains a holy day of obligation for us. Mm-hmm. We need to keep it holy. And so even though we might not be at Mass, we should take time to reflect on the death and resurrection of the Lord, read the sacred scriptures, 
and if possible, watch a live stream celebration of Mass. Mm-hmm. We can't forget that Sunday is Sunday. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, last Sunday, because I, I usually come over here to the radio station because we have this beautiful chapel, and I'll put the uh, broadcast of the of the Mass on while I sit in the chapel and participate that way. But last Sunday, I was at my breakfast table, and I had a Facebook in front of me, and all of a sudden, you popped up, <laughs> and Mass was going to oh. start at the cathedral. I said, you know what, I'll stay here and go to Mass at the cathedral this morning. So, <laughs> but what struck me, Father— Isn't that wonderful? What struck me, though, again, as you just mentioned, and this is what really uh, you know inspired us to, to give you a call, because there was an article in, in uh, philly.com, uh, catholicphilly.com, about the about the music, and that is something is something that has always been, I guess, very important to so many people when they do go to mass. And it struck me too as I was watching the the mass at the cathedral, which was public mass last Sunday. On the, the obviously things were different. So maybe can you talk a little bit about that? Because I know I'm married to a music director here, and I <laughs> every I got to tell her to go to confession. The things she says about you know where there's oh. no music. <laughs> Come now, <laughs> you pay attention to her. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, we have a concern about the Arab souls. It's a as I said, it's a disputed topic, mm. and so we decided that in the Archdiocese of Philadelphia, it would be best if we offered guidance for people to carry out the sung celebration of the liturgy in a less than full way during this summer period while we are here in the yellow phase in the state of in the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania. In doing so, we advocated for the singing of the propers of the Mass at the entrance and the communion, which are often handled in a responsorial way. So people would not need to have a worship aid in their hands. And to sing especially the Eucharistic prayer, the Sanctus, the response to the mystery of faith, and the Amen. Certainly other things could be sung, making use also of instrumental music, the offertory, and at the recessional. Mm -hmm. So that's just an interim measure. Certainly that will pass when the mitigating standards are uh, reduced or taken away, but that was a, something that we offered as a norm, or a guiding norm here in the Archdiocese of Philadelphia. And this might be an opportunity for those parishes who were uh, using hymnals and uh, we could say, uh, you know, hymn heavy, that now we're going to simplify things. This could be a chance for them to go to the antiphons that the church provides. We don't need to reinvent any wheels here. And I know at the Cathedral Basilica in Philadelphia, the um, introit and the communion antiphon was always used, I mean, for years now, rather than the hymns. You know, we we use the text that is given to us. That's right. That's singing actually the Mass itself, singing Mm -hmm. what the liturgy gives us to be sung which could be part of the silver lining of this period for us. True, right. And, I and have... there are many, many, many resources available, many. Mm-hmm. Yeah, online, in English, easily accessible. In yes. Spanish, easily accessible. Yeah. So, so this is a good learning opportunity for those who want to investigate. You know, again, we can make the music a little bit simpler. They're not going to have the hymnals and the worship mm-hmm. aids. I do have a question. Um, I... As I mentioned, I'm in the Diocese of Metuchen, where I work. They are placing the reception of communion, the distribution of Holy Communion, after Mass actually ends. Now, are you in Philadelphia observing, you know, where communion is? No, no. 
That suggestion came from the Thomistic Institute. I personally don't find it to be a well-founded suggestion. Yeah, I don't understand Because it. communion flows from the Eucharistic prayer and is the essential element of the communion rite of the Mass. But that is being done as a precaution mm. during this COVID period. But here in the Archdiocese of Philadelphia, communion is distributed at communion time. Okay. All right. Good. And I did see, yeah. Father, last week, as I said, you gave you kind of set the, the, the stage, I suppose, before Mass on what people needed to do and, and how to, even how to receive yeah. as far as coming up and removing the Mass to receive. And I, I found it interesting that you did offer the option for both uh, reception of communion on the tongue and on the hand, but at two different locations. Right, because people do, uh, people should not be deprived of the opportunity to receive Holy Communion on the tongue. And so here in the Archdiocese, while we ask people to receive in the hand during this period of the pandemic, at the same time, we recognize that some people would choose to receive on the tongue. And so we have a separate station in most places where that can happen. Well, that was, uh, I'm sorry. I was going to say, one of the things I think that really identifies the guidance that was offered by the Archdiocese of Philadelphia was striking a very balanced middle ground on all things, avoiding extremes in any direction. Mm. And our, our guidelines were based on the guidelines offered by, as I mentioned, the Thomistic Institute, which were the guidelines embraced by the United States Conference of Catholic Bishops, and also the guidelines of the CDC, the Centers for Disease Control. So the guidelines were informed by other directives that are truly well-respected. Well, it's something I think, Father, you know, as you mentioned, the, the local ordinaries uh, are doing, and it's not to- a lot of big changes or differences, but there are slight differences. That, and is there a way then in the archdiocese that people want to find out? Like I was asking the other day, or Sean and I were talking last night, if I go over to St. Mike's in Levittown, I said, do I have to wear a mask? I wasn't sure. Mm-hmm. Are there, are these, are these on your website or how can people? Yes. F- All of our guidelines are published on two websites, on the website of the Office for Divine Worship, under news, that is the Office of Divine Worship for the Archdiocese of Philadelphia, and also on the Arise landing page on the website of the Archdiocese. Mm. Arise was an initiative of the Archbishop to help us move from the pandemic into the in-person celebration of the sacraments. And I think you'll find lots of excellent resources on that. I know you'll find lots of excellent resources on that page. Okay, and that's a rise, and, and is there a, a particular address for that? Did I miss that? I'm sorry. I, I think the best thing to do is to go to the website okay. of the Archdiocese of Philadelphia, and you'll see the Arise landing page. Very mm-hmm. good, very Our good. Archphila.org. Mm-hmm. Correct. Mm-hmm. That's it. Very, I remember. Very good. <laughs> well, Father Dennis Gill, thank you so much for being with us today. We appreciate all you're, you're doing, and I know you're busy, and you have the ordinations of uh, uh, tomorrow or diaconate. Organization. Tomorrow is diaconate. Next Saturday is the priesthood. In fact, I'm conducting this interview as we are setting up— oh. For the ordination. <laughs> right. I just stepped well, aside from the setup, and the sacristans are here, the florists are here, the maintenance personnel, and so they're all doing a very fine job. Very oh, good. In fact, I'm going to have them all shout out a big hello. Father Matthew Biedricki, he is the parochial vicar here, Terry Zubert. She is the in charge of maintenance here. Mm-hmm. Michael and Michael are two sacristans. This is Jim and Cheryl Manfredonia. 
Hello. Hello. Well, okay. happy. <laughs> Aww, cool. They all listen to your show. Well, oh. that's good. That's good. And they can also watch on YouTube if they like when we come live. Um, now you're going to become live. Uh, well, we go live at four. You know, we're live and we're live. We we do our YouTube channel, YouTube.com/slash/domestic-church-media. Oh, wonderful. Uh, well, congratulations on the um, the ordinations and you know the diaconate and the priesthood it's, it's wonderful to hear that th- there's busyness there and and things are coming back to life the cathedral That's... did not stop good very good, good. good, good. and you father we closed a single day wow the sacraments continued the wow. church was open beautiful and it, yeah, God defined who we are. Amen. Mm-hmm. I'm going to ask you one last question, Father. Are, are, this, are the, the sacraments, the, again, up to the local pastor? For instance, confessions, are they back to normal on when the normal schedules yes. were? That's all back to the yes. past? Okay. Mm-hmm. Yes. Very good to know. Good to know. Well, okay. Father, well, thank you so much. You're the, you're the master of multitasking, Father. That's we appreciate right. all you do. <laughs> and God bless you for all you do for us. Thank you. Stay in you touch. Too. God bless you. And God bless all your listeners. And pray for our new deacons and our new priests. We, we will. And for the cathedral parish. We, we will, will, Father. Thank God you. God bless you. Alrighty. Thank you, Father. God bless you. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. And friends, you stay where you are. I'll be back with more. Don't go away.
God gave us night and day so we could play and pray together. So now let's see what's headed our way as Jim gives us the weather. All right, that means it's time to welcome our wonderful domestic church media uh, forecaster weather. He's the chief meteorologist, not just a he forecaster. Is. He's That's the chief meteorologist. We promoted you, Jim. I didn't know if you knew that. Jim Hoffman. I like him. Maybe King. King, King Meteorologist. King, King, King of weather. <laughs> the King of weather. King of the domestic church media meteorologist. There you go. Now, are, are you are you in the mobile lab today? I, th- I might be hearing some waves breaking in the background, but perhaps not. No, that's just a fan <laughs> going on in the uh, the office here. Uh-huh. Okay. So not, right. not in the mobile location. No. I, I, saw, I saw over the weekend you were down at the mobile location, though. Yeah, I was there uh, Wednesday. Okay. So, that um, was Wednesday? You, you may have seen a picture of me on top of the Manahawkin Bay Bridge in ship bottom right yep yeah. I was well that was um I saw a ship bottom was, photo it said ship bottom on your Facebook I don't know yeah that was that was ship bottom brewery the ship bottom oh yeah uh, brewery yeah, yeah you had you had your, you, you, you fulfilled you had your one beer for the year Yes, exactly. <laughs> well, you can look forward to next year now. Very good. <laughs> what were you doing? What were you doing on the Manahawk? Where the Manahawkin Bridge? You said you were. Yeah, Manahawkin Bay Bridge. So oh. I was there Wednesday, um, just, just hanging, for an overnight. Just hanging out on the bridge and like went, a troll. Checking the so weather. I went, went for a bike ride. I went for a bike ride. <laughs> oh, so I okay. went from um, Beach Haven, Beach Haven Crest, and I went over the bridge into Manahawkin. I don't know if you know Mud City. It's a restaurant. Went by there and then turned around and went back. Oh. So, very nice. I guess it was about a 17 or 18 mile bike ride. Good job. Wow. Good. Man, that's great. No wonder you're in such fine shape. I just like getting out, being out in the, yeah, it was it was in the morning too before uh-huh. work. So okay. it was just nice to get out and wow. unwind. 18 wow. mile bike ride and then a day of work. You are like Superman. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I'm king. <laughs> That's, <meteorologist>. right. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Wow, yeah, like a superhero, this guy. This is. Yeah. yeah. But I tell you what, here's here's my here's my little transition. You brought us some super, super weather. Super weather, absolutely. Amen. Yeah, it's, you know, I was just looking at some of the temperatures out there. You know, it's not as humid as it was yesterday, um, and it's just it's just delightful out there. We're in the some places low. It's low to upper 80s. So. In Ewing, Hamilton, we're in the we're about 83 degrees, 84 degrees. Down the shore, Beach Haven, Seaside Heights, you're 86, 87 degrees. So it's not the typical where it's um, cooler along the beach. You're you're having this nice warm weather along the beach too. And again, it's not too humid right now. So it's just beautiful, nice day. No air conditioning on the inside, but probably at the Manfredonia house, you probably have got the air conditioning, right? You go right from heat to air conditioning. We go right? from heat you to air conditioning. never open the windows? No, it keeps, the air conditioning keeps blowing. To maybe, maybe mid-November, depending on, <laughs> depending on the weather. <laughs> I, I, actually, I keep, okay. the air, I keep the air conditioning on until I light my first fire in the fireplace. <laughs> then, I know it's, then I know it's time to turn it off. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Well, I, I tell you, this... Nice weather that we're having. It's going to continue into the weekend. Maybe a little fly in the ointment on Sunday, but for the most part, it looks like it's going to be a great weekend. So starting off with tonight, mostly clear skies tonight. Low around 55, so nice and cool, a little crisp for tonight. Saturday, sunny, high 78 degrees. Saturday night, mostly clear, low again, around 55. Sunday, chance of afternoon showers, not a big chance, maybe 20%, 30%. 
Otherwise, it's going to be mostly sunny with a high near 75. Sunday night, the chance of showers continues into the evening. Uh, partly cloudy, low around 55 again. So we're doing 55, 55, 55 for lows. And then on Monday, first day of the work week, a uh, chance of showers in the morning, otherwise partly sunny with a high near 76. And looking into the future, early next week, looks like we're going to have highs in the upper 70s. And then uh, later next week, looks like we're going to get into the mid to upper 80s. So, and there's a chance of showers here and there, uh, but otherwise it looks like a good week coming up, warm, uh, sunny, and just get out to the beach. You know, it's beautiful. Mm -hmm. just love sitting there watching, listening to the waves instead of listening to the fan in my office. I'd rather be listening to the waves. <laughs> Absolutely. The That's right. Absolutely. Well, wonderful, Jim. We thank you, as always, for all you do for us and uh, pray that you and Jackie and your family have a great weekend and we'll look forward to talking with you next week. You too. Have a blessed weekend. God, God bless. bless you. Thanks, okay, Jim. take care. God gave us night and day so we could play and pray together. So now let's see what's headed our way as Jim gives us the weather. It's time to name that Catholic tune. All right, time to name that Catholic tune. That Catholic Eucharistic tune. Oh, it's a Eucharistic tune. Well, today. you know, heading into Corpus Christi and mm -hmm. many people getting back to church to the very core and center of our Catholic faith. All right. The Holy Eucharist. So it's a fine game show we bring to you every week at this time, which means Cheryl's going to give you some interesting facts about today's Catholic tune. And uh, as she's giving that to you, put on your Catholic thinking cap. And then she's going to walk over to the mighty Wurlitzer that I pushed in the to studio again once more. Push that big thing in here. And she's going to sit behind the mighty Wurlitzer and play a little, a little sample of today's Catholic tune. And it might, I might just use piano. This is like a piano, oh, it's a piano. song Ooh. for me. Ooh, yeah. Okay, piano. It could so. be done either way, but. Oh, so it's not. I, like I rolled that mighty Wurlitzer in for here for nothing. nothing. <laughs> I got to go with that baby grand. That's what I got to do. <laughs> Uh, 609-493-8255. That's the number you can call when you, uh, after Cheryl plays, let her play a little, a little sample. And if you think you know what today's uh, Catholic tune is, give us a call at 609-493-8255. So let's play and name that Catholic tune. All right. So here's a little bit of trivia about this hymn that is very popular and used I think, everywhere for uh, during Holy Communion. Um, but it, it's only written in 1976, so this is not one of those oldies but goodies, you know. It was written for the International Eucharistic Congress in Philadelphia, and it's one of those hymns that has a lot of uh, uneven meters, um, you know a little bit about the you know rhythms and and the metrical system in music you might have three beats to a measure then four beats to a measure so it varies okay that's okay good. Well, that's but there's another philadelphia connection it was used and see how well you have got your uh, your trivia here for philadelphia and music when the pope came to philadelphia for the world day of families this hymn was also used 
for Holy Communion. Mm, Who's really going to remember that? But I think the giveaway is going to be that Eucharistic Congress. Um, 1976. 1976, but then used again for the World Day of Families when the Pope was here with that choir of 500. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to play a little sampling. I feel like it's recognizable. Again, it's one of those very well-known communion hymns. So Cheryl's going to walk over to the nine-foot Steinway, (laughs) 609-493-8255. Let her play the sample first, 609-493-8255, and we'll hear a little bit of today's Catholic tune. Okay, 609-493-8255. If you think you know what today's Catholic tune is. I'm losing the microphone. You're losing the microphone. 609-493-8255. That's 609-493-8255. Call right now. Let's hear it one more time. Okay. Keep going, all right. Start singing now. Ooh, 609-493-8255. No callers? Wow. That's all I'm giving you. Wow, because the next one would be the title. The next the next phrase there mm-hmm. would have been the title, right? Mm-hmm. Sometimes words, text comes to mind. 609-493-8255. Uh-oh, could this be a stumper? And, you know, the thing is we've not been. Oh, wait a minute. We got oh, something okay. calling in now. Here we go. Grab my. Hello, you're on the air. What's your name? Where are you calling from? I'm calling from Lawrenceville. Let me turn this radio off. Sorry. Hello. That, I think it's a familiar voice. Don't turn that radio down. Woo, woo, woo. There, there you go. go. Perfect. You satisfy the hungry heart. Yes. It gives the finest wheat. All right. Gift of finest wheat, indeed. Thank you so much for your Catholic music hours getting me through. Ah. I think it's St. Anne's in Lawrenceville. Oh, hello. How are you? Are you in the choir there? Yeah, yeah, we met at the vocal ministry thing uh, oh, years sure. ago, I guess it was. Up in Metuchen, right? Maybe. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. All right, and, and what is your name? I'm Christy Regan. Oh, Christy, okay, very good. And you go to St. Anne's, so thank you. The gift of finest wheat is the correct answer. Right. Uh, Christy, let me put you on hold for a moment, because uh, we're going to run out of time here. And I'll, okay. I'm sure we'll get on the phone with you and get some information from you and send you your fabulous prize, okay? <laughs> Awesome. All right, okay. hang on. Thanks stay, for playing. Stay with us. Okay. And friends, you stay where you are. I'll be back with more. Don't go away. Hi, Christy. How are you doing?
right, congratulations, Christy, who is our winner for mm-hmm. today's uh, Name That Catholic Tune, Gift of Finest Wheat. And what a special day she will have on Sunday as we're celebrating Corpus Christi. That's right. So good for her, but there a choir are. member and close to my heart, missing the choir rehearsals and and all that that goes with it. And who knows for how many months we won't be able to sing. Okay, well, we can sing but in our hearts. It is. Stay where you are, my friends. There's another big hour of Friday Live coming. And next hour, we're going to be joined by Jim Coleman. He's an actor who portrays Tolton, uh, the first African-American priest. in the uh, And uh, he'll be with us later on. We have more music. And uh, Father Chris Rogers is here with the Gospel Reflection. So stay where you are. There's more to come. If you're watching live right now on one of our video platforms, we're going to go off for about five minutes, come back on video at 5 o'clock. Stay where you are. God bless you. Be right back. I'm Cheryl. And I'm Jim. And we invite you to join us every Friday at 4 p.m. for Friday Live. Two hours of talk, music, interesting, and informative interviews. We'll also have a reflection on Sunday's Gospel, Jim Hoffman's weekend weather forecast, and you'll have a chance to call in and play one of our fun game shows like Saint of the Day or Name That Catholic Tune. It all happens right here Friday at 4 p.m. That's Friday Live, proclaiming the joy of the Gospel, communicating hope, on these domestic church media stations. Hi, I'm Mike Walsh, co-host of Talking Catholic. Every week, our show will bring you in-depth interviews with the hardworking people doing the Lord's work in parishes, schools, and ministries. Our increasingly secularized world often makes it easy to forget that we are surrounded by wonderful workers in the vineyard. On Talking Catholic, we will bring you their perspectives on how we can better serve God and our neighbors. Tune in to Talking Catholic on Sundays at 11 a.m. and Mondays at 4 p.m. Want to work a virtual miracle for your church or charity? Here's something so brilliant yet so simple and meaningful, you have to check it out. It's an internet site called GoodShop.com. GoodShop.com has created a way that lets you support any charity of your choice, and it costs you nothing. The good news is 700 of the largest internet retailers, stores you already visit online, have teamed up with GoodShop.com to give back a percentage of every purchase you make to your favorite cause. Before you buy anything online, go to goodshop.com, select the charity you care about most, and then click over to your favorite store. Shop as you normally would, pay nothing extra, and a donation will be made to your favorite charity. It's that easy. Visit goodshop.com today and designate Domestic Church Media as your favorite charity, and a portion of your internet purchase will be donated to Domestic Church Media and enable us to continue to bring you outstanding Catholic radio. That's goodshop.com, and designate Domestic Church Media as your favorite charity. Goodshop.com. I worked in pro baseball for a long time, and we play on Sundays. And it was an easy excuse. I took the easy out and just didn't go to Mass. Got caught up on that whole selfishness, that whole, you know, um, I can do it all. The times when I was struggling, 
were the times I needed God the most. And now that uh, I've come back and accepted God, my world has completely changed. If you've been away from the Catholic Church for any reason, visit catholicscomehome.org today. 60 Seconds with Mother Angelica. Do you know yourself? <laughs> Nobody knows himself. That's why if somebody says, why are you so impatient? You say, I'm not impatient. <laughs> or why are you so angry all the time? Who's angry? I'm never angry. <laughs> okay. We don't know ourselves. You know, I've told you that there's so many of these mystics have said that the Lord would come one day and give us a warning that we would see ourselves as he sees us. Oh, that would be a shock, huh? Somebody sent me a, a, a videotape. We watched it the other night. Uh, these people who had death experiences, they all saw this light, but what they all saw was themselves. And they were surprised. Well, if you know yourself, you wouldn't be surprised, would you? The people you know and trust are on EWTN. Love your enemies. Do good to them that hate you. Pray for them that persecute you. Forgive not once, but 70 times seven. We have to be honest, we have to be just, and we have to be kind and gentle. Listen to the wisdom of Father Benedict Groeschel weekday mornings at 9 a.m. right here where you are family. Domestic Church Catholic Radio. This is WFJS 1260 AM Trenton, WFJS 89.3 FM Freehold, WGYM 1580 AM Hamilton, and WSMJ 91.9 FM North Wildwood, Cape May. Communicating hope on Domestic Church Catholic Radio. back, friends, for another hour of Friday Live on this June 12th, 2020 edition. I'm Jim. And this is Cheryl. I hope you're having a good Friday and looking ahead to the weekend, getting outside in the fresh air. Yeah, Jim's forecast is very promising for yes. this weekend. So, But, you know, I feel like a real wimp. What do I go around my block a couple of times, try to clock a mile or two on my bike? And he does 18 miles. 18 miles. I meant to ask him, does he wear one of those funny outfits yeah one of those you know like wind the wind shear the wind shear prevention or something yeah, some kind of fabric yeah. i don't know i could imagine though he's he's a pro well he's also very physically fit he's so. a, yeah he's a pro uh so coming up in just a moment we have our gospel reading for this coming sunday and uh, one of my favorite gospels it's the feast of corpus christi and uh, our friend father chris rogers from the archdiocese of philadelphia will be giving our reflection today uh, we have some more music for you. And coming up later on this hour, Jim Coleman. And, and Jim is an actor, and he has been portraying the, the part of Augustus, Father Augustus Tolton in the um, uh, production Tolton from Slave to Priest. And, uh, of course, I mean, he's probably on hiatus now during the pandemic. But uh, mm -hmm. uh, Jim is going to join us and tell us about uh, 
venerable venerable Tolton. I, I didn't realize he was venerable already, so he's venerable. Yes. And uh, the production itself, and then just kind of tied into what what lessons can be learned from uh, mm -hmm. that wonderful man's life and uh, today's. And there was all sorts of resistance. You know, he was kicked out of the Catholic school or maybe even initially not. Because you saw it. You saw the production. Right. He wasn't even admitted to the Catholic school. Right. And, you know, all the uh, resistance along the way during mm -hmm. the height of racism. Yeah. So how did the Catholic faith keep him focused and eventually to become a priest and be ordained in Rome of all places? So it, it's a beautiful story. And it just makes me think this entire couple of hours, it's really the Philadelphia connection here. Today, yeah. We had Father Gill on from the mm -hmm. uh, cathedral. Yeah. I saw the St. Luke production of Tolton in, at LaSalle University oh, okay. in Philadelphia. About a year ago, right? About a year ago. At least a year, right. Mm -hmm. And um, our gift of finest weed, our Eucharistic hymn that grew, drew, uh, grew out of the Eucharistic Congress in 76. And then right before we go to the interview with uh, Mr. Coleman, we're going to hear the official theme song when Pope Francis came to World Day of Families in Philadelphia. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of Philadelphia stuff today. Okay. Well, city of brotherly love. Mm -hmm. Well, they're trying. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's have our gospel, and Father, uh, Father Chris Rogers will be here with the reflection. This is a reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. Jesus said to the Jewish crowds, I am the living bread that came down from heaven. Whoever eats this bread will live forever, and the bread that I will give is my flesh for the life of the world. The Jews quarreled among themselves, saying, How can this man give us his flesh to eat? Jesus said to them, Amen, amen, I say to you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you do not have life within you. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise him on the last day. For my flesh is true food, and my blood is true drink. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood remains in me, and I in him. Just as the living Father sent me, and I have life because of the Father, so also the one who feeds on me will have life because of me. This is the bread that came down from heaven. Unless, unlike your ancestors who ate and still died, whoever eats this bread will live forever. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise, Praise to, to you, Lord, Lord Jesus Christ. Christ. Greetings, everyone, and praise be Jesus Christ. Having celebrated two major feast days over the past two Sundays, feast days of Almighty God, we come to yet another feast of God this weekend as we celebrate Corpus Christi. Two weeks ago, it was the feast of the Holy Spirit, Pentecost, God's love poured upon the earth and the birth of the church. Last week, we celebrated Trinity Sunday, the reality of God himself, that God not only loves, but he is love. He is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. God is a communion of persons, of life and love. And this weekend, we, in celebrating the Feast of Corpus Christi, we celebrate not only a sacrament within the church, but we celebrate the very source and summit of the church herself. Without the Eucharist, without Corpus Christi, 
The church is just a Jesus club. At best, it's a rotary club for Jesus believers. But because of the body and blood of Christ, because of Corpus Christi, the church really is his body. And how good that is. How important that reality and therefore how beautiful this feast this weekend. Because it takes God to save us and nothing else will do. In the readings this weekend, we hear the theme of salvation running through all of the readings. First reading finds us with Moses in Deuteronomy, and he's reminding the Israelites to remember. Remember those days wandering in the desert. Remember the difficulty, the hunger, the thirst in that time. And then he says, do not forget that God provided, that God gave direction, that God was there feeding, providing manna, providing water. And he did this not just for one day, but for 40 years in the midst of the difficulty. God was good and provided. In our gospel, Jesus takes that providence to a whole nother level. The context is the Passover. It's reminiscent of the feeding in, in, the, in the wilderness. Jesus just working the miracle of the loaves and fish. But what he's providing is not just any bread, not just a miracle. But he's providing what he calls living bread. He speaks of eternal life. He speaks of communion with the Father and with him. And as curious, as difficult, as perplexing a teaching that Jesus is giving in John 6, what a beautiful and important teaching it is. This is what the apostles would remember. This is what they would celebrate. This is what they would come to understand and love. The gift of the Eucharist. My friends, you and I, as we celebrate this feast, are meant to do the same. This feast day is meant to remind us that God is with us. That his presence is real. His body and blood is the Eucharist. But it's not only meant to remind us of that, but it's also meant to enkindle within us the hope that that teaching provides. Over these past weeks, we have experienced hunger. We've experienced need. We've experienced a lot of questions and maybe some dark things. All of us have experienced a hunger for the Eucharist. And we know now what it's like to be without the reception of the Eucharist. But now, 
as we begin to make our way back and we receive him once again. Let us thank God and be aware of who it is that we eat, what it is that we drink. It is the Lord God. And communion with him opens us to the great love and life that we were made for. The great Catholic writer Flannery O'Connor, in speaking of the Eucharist, she once wrote, if it's not the real presence, to hell with it. It doesn't get more simple than that. And recognizing our need to be saved, recognizing the many hells that we can experience this weekend on Corpus Christi. Let us thank God for the heaven that we can have in our hand, in our hearts, and on our lips. I close with the words of St. Paul, who asked, The cup that we share, is it not the cup of blessing the body, the blood of Christ. It is. And you and I are privileged this weekend to say amen, my Lord and my God. God bless you.
And that was Dana. Yes. Or Dana. Get close. 
let Michael oh. close to yourself there. I'm afraid I'm gonna like break it. Well, pull it by the by the bar arm, not by the mic. That's the like point. This? Okay. Dana, D A N A, or as she pronounces, Donna. I met her. We did an we interview met, with her. Did we? Weren't we at one of the Catholic associations? Oh, that's right. One of the Catholic Marketing Network or something. Right, right. But I remember one time I was at the Blue Army Shrine for something. I had to give a little talk oh. to a crowd of people in the, you know, outside their little. Mm-hmm. And she was there sitting next to me. She was doing something, too. Oh, it was very oh. nice, very pleasant. Yes. Uh, she used to have her own show on uh, EW10. It was back, backstage? Maybe. Something like that. She and music, she would bring in artists. Music acts, yeah. yeah, yeah like yeah, music acts. Very good. Very like good. Like the Catholic Ed Sullivan or Edwina Sullivan. I don't know what she's doing now. Well, then she was also a member of the House of Parliament or something in Ireland. Right. She there ran was some as a, government a politician. Like, yeah. <laughs> but I don't know what she's doing now. No, I don't know. Haven't really heard from her lately. Now, you know, you mentioned the Blue Army Shrine. I don't know if this is public knowledge, but someone shared with me. Well, now places are opening and you can go back to mass, but during a lot of this shutdown, they just kind of continued as normal. Now, don't I don't know if that's been for the entire time, but I know someone, a couple of people that have been going there because they were able to receive the Eucharist mm. and attend mass. But that was a huge, remember, what is that seat, like a thousand people or something? It's big. It was outside, though. Right. It's outside. Right. So yeah. that's even safer. Yeah. They I have- haven't been there in years. No, the last time I was there, was, I think, was that for that event, because I think EWTN was covering it. Mm, maybe Father Apostoli was yeah, there. Yeah, he was there. Was, I forget what it was. But I remember yeah. I, they gave me the opportunity to speak about bringing Catholic radio to New Jersey, so that would be a while ago. Yes. Yeah. We either had the one station here or not right. quite yet. But uh, anyway, that's... Um, we didn't give out our fun. number. I don't know if anyone has a thought someone or a texted. Question. Someone texted the answer to... Uh, Oh, gift of finest. Yeah, gift of finest. But, but texts don't count. I don't <laughs> know who it was. Good. good for you. But they texted. Yeah, we that didn't want to give it. a text number to well, then We don't have time now because uh, Jim Coleman will be joining us in a little bit to talk about Tolton. Yes. Uh, the production that, was that he's in. A wonderful, wonderful story. Mm-hmm. Um, they he they lo- he lost his dad and the mother wanted to escape from the slavery. So she and the three children. Mm-hmm went in a, a boat and crossed the Mississippi. Just a lot of hardship. Mm. But the production was fabulous. And so St. Luke Productions, uh, Leonardo yeah. DeFilippis. And the score, of course, is by our son Anthony, who wrote the score for that particular production. That's right. That's right. But you could always visit the website, St. Luke Productions, yeah. and see maybe when they're going to start bringing some of these productions well, back yeah, to the Well, Jim probably parishes. will know. Yeah, hopefully. 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 Highly recommended, though. But that's the kind of thing. And I said, I did hear um, they're starting to make movies again. Like, they, everything's been on hiatus because they can't, you know, like, this, even the TV productions where there's a studio audience, mm-hmm. that hasn't happened. But even the, they've well, just not made anything. Right. But now they're going to be able to start doing it. But there are all these kind of guidelines that oh, they I'm have. Oh, I'm sure, like anything else. Like, don't, don't they're, telling, they're telling the script writers, don't write in crowd scenes. And if you have to... Then they, they don't get extras. They get the people who are already there, employed by the studio, to just come and be a part of the crowd. Yes. No, because they've already been working no together. No fight scenes. No fights? No, because there's that no no love scenes. That's good news. Oh, there you go. Everything's um, going to be rated G. I don't know. What, you know how are you going to have? 
what they're going to. But anyway, so there's all these kind of guidelines, and I thought that was really out of all this a blessing that Hollywood had to shut down you with all the what? all the garbage never, they were putting out. Maybe they'll just put out cartoons. <laughs> well, even that they took Elmer Fudd's gun away. Did you read that? No. Yes, that the, there's a Looney Tunes whole new series of Looney Tunes coming out, and Elmer Fudd can't have his gun anymore. Oh. Very, very strange. Our kids grew up with that, and it was all silly and funny. Yet, not if any one of them are criminals right yet now. Yet the Roadrunner could still go have his, his TNT and his Acme uh, and arsenal blow and blow, blow up the coyote, sure. <laughs> but they took literally took the rifle out of Elmer Fudd's hands. Oh he doesn't gosh. have a rifle. Well, that kept somebody employed so, 40 hours a week to sh- scratch that from So the, when he goes wabbit hunting, <laughs> be very, very quiet. I don't know. You can uh, see where I stand on a lot of this. The world is mad. Oh, I'm telling you, the crazy. world is mad. It's gone crazy. It just and um, you know they took Gone with the Wind off, Gone mm-hmm. with the Wind off of HBO, and uh, you know that was a historical blockbuster of a you film. You know, I mean, and it was it was a time piece. It was. It exactly. wasn't today. No, and and Hattie McDaniel, who played Mammy in the right. in the in the, in the uh, didn't she win? She won the best uh, best supporting actress. The first black woman, black person to win an Academy Award. So how aspiring is that for a young actor? And it just represented a time in our country's history, unfortunate time, you know, with slavery. But but it just represented it. It was a anyway. Let's not get into that. Let's take a break (laughs) and we come back. And and Jim Coleman's going to join us. He's going to tell us about uh, the first African American priest, um, now venerable Augustus Tolton. He plays him in a production produced by St. Luke Productions, and he'll talk all about that. And we'll. Uh, have Jim joining us in just a bit. So stay. Now this is that. Um, yes, what you're going to hear now. It's it's the title is "Sound the Bell of Holy Freedom," and it was written for Pope Francis's first visit to the United States. It was the 2015 World Day of Families, and they had composers who were free to submit works, and uh, this one won the theme song, if you will. Okay. Well, sound the bell of holy freedom. Be right back.
All right. Uh, that was Sound the Bell of Holy Freedom. You said that was written for when the Holy Father came here for... Uh... Yes, it was the official theme song for the World Day of Families. Okay, that was already five, you know, five years, 2005, I think. It was two, five years ago. Yeah. My yeah. goodness. Well, uh, Father Augustus Tolton, the first African-American priest in our country, uh, is now venerable, which I didn't know, which is great. Uh, there's a, a beautiful production, which you saw, Cheryl, um, yes. produced by St. Luke Productions, uh, about his life. And it's been touring the country the past couple of years. And we are proud and honored to welcome the gentleman who's playing Father Tolton in that play, Jim Coleman. Jim, welcome to the program. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, it's wonderful to have you. And I, I was searching in my cell phone, Mr. Coleman, because I had gotten to uh, a picture with you, and I just couldn't find it fast enough. Because, But anyway, I did get to meet you, and so blessed and honored. That production was just astounding and enlightening. It was Thank you. Really, really. It I was a pleasure meeting you and your son, Tony. Yeah. The amazing composer that he is that did the music for the show. It was truly an honor to meet you both. Oh, and I just want to encourage everyone to try to get this on their schedule, if not any of the other fabulous St. Luke productions. But let's let's explore your um, journey a little bit, if we may. How was it that you eventually got to know um, of or work for St. Luke Productions? Uh, for myself, I've been an actor for uh, over 20 years, and I was starting to kind of wind down, uh, starting to take some time off, and a good friend of mine uh, asked me to audition for the show, but I didn't do theater. I hadn't done theater in over 30 years, so I did television and film, so I declined. I said, you know, that's not something that I would be interested in, okay. the touring, any of that. So, But she... You know, Catholics can be very persistent, yeah. and she, <laughs> she she was very, very persistent, and she continued, you have to do this. God laid it on my heart. You have So I auditioned for it, uh, and um, Leonardo and Patty, they liked the audition. Everything went well, and uh, someone else got the part. So oh. that was pretty much it, and I thought it was done, but uh, a couple of months later, they called and asked if I would be interested, and... Um, after a lot of prayer uh, with my wife and my family, we decided it would be a really it, it would be an adventure. It would be something that I would I should do. Wow. They really pushed me toward it, so I did it, and I'm so blessed to have done it. I would imagine, Jim, you're on kind of a hiatus now during the pandemic. Um, but are you lining up other possible possibility of productions in other parts? You know, as we go along here and move forward. Right now, we are on a hiatus because of, you know, no social gatherings. But we're looking to continue to put things on the schedule for the fall, possibly the winter, definitely next year. Mm. We want to keep this show and all of St. Luke Productions on the minds of the people so that they don't forget about us and they don't forget about these beautiful stories of these wonderful saints and soon to be saints. Um, so we are definitely trying to ask people to come out and continue to book the shows, mm -hmm. uh, book it for the future so that 
we know, so you know that we will be coming to see you. And I mean, uh, you will get a treat when you come to these shows. Great. So we'll give more information about how they can do that. But before we do that, let's talk about the production, Jim, because uh, Father Augustus Tolton, um, the title of the, the production, by the way, is Tolton from Slave to Priest. And uh, he was born in the around 1854, I think, so the mid-1800s. Um, tell us a little bit about his story, because this is something that I think is, especially as Catholics, you love to hear the, these, these stories of, of, of how the Lord works in someone's life, but especially in this situation during those very difficult times in our nation's history. Tell us about his story. Well, Father Tolton, uh, Augustus Tolton was born in Brush Creek, Missouri, and um, like you said, in, it was you know, 1854, 1854 mm-hmm. and he was born into slavery. Um, he and his mother and siblings actually escaped slavery and took a, they were put on a little dilapidated rowboat and pushed out into the Mississippi River and made it to freedom in Illinois. And they, he's at eight years old. I mean, it's a very difficult story to even try and imagine that an eight-year-old kid that was in slavery, we don't think about children being slaves. Right. It's so very, very difficult to imagine what this child had gone through and what he had seen and observed in his short eight-year life, in, in those short eight years, and to have to escape slavery and be chased by soldiers and shot at by soldiers just to achieve a certain freedom. Uh, I'm sure at eight years old he had no idea what was going on as far as the running. He just didn't want to get caught, but they made it to Missouri. And fortunately, the slave owners were Catholic, and they had taught them Catholicism. So when they got to Illinois, his mother sought out the Catholic Church to put her son into a Catholic school. She wanted him to continue in the faith. And for me, that is um, a testament Mm. to faith, because you definitely think that being enslaved by someone, you wouldn't really want to uh, follow their faith. Right. Right. You would think that that has to be wrong, because Mm -hmm. you're enslaving people, but yet God works in mysterious ways. And when they got to Missouri, he was able to attend, um, initially, a white Catholic school, and uh, but he was kicked out because none of the parents, no one wanted him there. They said, you know, my child can't learn, you know, in the same classroom as a black child. Mm. He would bring down the quality of the education. They, there's no way. So they kicked him out, and he went to public school. But there was an Irish priest who saw something in him and brought him in and put him into a white Catholic school and groomed him and nurtured him. And, it, you know, the story goes on as he wanted so, so to be a part of the Church. He wanted to do something great for the Lord. And no seminary in America would accept him because of his race. Yeah. And, I mean, it, it, it speaks volumes sure. to America 
that, you know, back then mm-hmm. racism was real. Uh, and right now it still is. But he had to go to Europe to study, to become a priest. And when he came back, he was revered. People loved him. He was the priest that the white Catholics came to his parish. The white, the, 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 the Protestants, everyone came to hear Father Augustus Tolton speak. Wow. And that basically goes to show that the Word of God is the Word of God. It doesn't matter what color you are. Mm-hmm. The Word is pure because the Word is love. And I think we need to really start to think about it in those terms uh, when we say we are following a certain um, religious belief. But it seems that in all religious beliefs, the main, the, the, the common denominator is love. And how can you love God and hate his children? Right, right. Yeah. If we're to follow the law of the Lord, the Lord doesn't look down and see race, creed, color, anything. We're all equal right. children of God. Was there yeah. something in particular that you would say you pulled out? So, you, you know, you had your audition, you learned the story, you're starting to live this story and embrace the life of Father Tolton. Is there something now that like you could see that you have changed or something that you could share with our listeners? Well, before this acting, you know, I was X, Y, and Z. But after this year or two of traveling and living this life now, like what, where did a light bulb come on for you? For me, as an actor, uh, like I said, I've been an actor for almost 30 years. And I mean, I've had uh, a great deal of success in the business. Um, for me, a role is a role. That's it. You tell me the words to say, I go out, I say the words, I walk away. Mm-hmm. This role was completely different because it was a true story. And it was about an individual that I had no idea who he was. I read his story and I was touched by his story. And I felt that I needed to talk to him. So in my preparation through every show, to this, to, up until now, I talk to Father Tolson on a regular basis. As a matter of fact, I ran this entire show today because I have to stay close to him. And now it changed me in a way that I removed myself from the role and asked that he tell his story. And I have truly been transformed because as an actor, you feel like you go out and you perform. There are times when I'm on stage and I don't feel like it's me. I just feel like it's him telling his story and the emotion and everything that comes through when he is telling that story. I know it's not from me. Mm -hmm. I know it is from him and I know that the story is true. We use his actual words, letters from him. So... I truly feel that um, I've been blessed to carry Father Tolton's spirit with me as we do these shows, and it has been um, overwhelming sometimes. Mm. It has changed me as a person. I see things so very differently now. I um, know that a change is coming. Mm. And just as his life, was 
turned around and he came back to Quincy. Uh, I think the lives of so many people have been turned around just by hearing his story. Mm. Mm-hmm. Well, the power in that witness, Jim, uh, through through your portrayal of this uh, very, very special and holy man, uh, I'm sure has an effect on the audience. And now, these days, especially, I guess, more than even in the past, when you come back and you, you bring this, pro- this, this production back out to uh, the locations around the country, what what type of an impact do you hope it makes on your audiences, whether black or white? Just what type of an impact do you hope it makes? I really hope that, and, and, and this has always been one of the things that I wanted to uh, bring and share, is that, again, this is a message of love. There was a Irish priest that basically took him in and cared for him. He is he became what he was because of an Irish priest, because it, it, it had nothing to do with color. It had to do with the love of God. And I think, like I always say, that if you put two little children in a room together, it doesn't matter what color they are, what race they are, what religion they are, what, how they were raised. They are children and they will love each other, mm-hmm. and they will have fun playing together, and they will have a great time. It's not until someone tells them that it's wrong right. to spend time with that other child. And it is up to us as the adults to stop telling our children and our friends and our loved ones that it's wrong to love someone that's different from us, mm-hmm. because we are all one in Christ. Amen. God didn't, uh, Jesus didn't die to, you know, save a few. Mm-hmm. He died to save all. Mm. Right. Regardless of race, religion, or color, he died to save all, mm-hmm. not just a few. And until we understand that we're all one in Christ, we have a, a long way to go. So I think that the message now is that we are all one. And we will have to come together or we will fall apart. Mm. Yeah. Amen. And I can only see that harmony coming if people also are, would turn back to Christ, to God. And, you know, we, we educate ourselves on the history and where we've been and how we don't want to repeat mistakes in the past. But the education of Christ's teachings, just like you say, that it's we're all equal children in God's eyes, that if— you know, if they could turn and, and hear some of this message, we could then pray for racial harmony. Right, right. I, it, like when you say we, we, it, we have to look at this storm that we are in right now, this mm-hmm. pandemic, this, this racial storm, everything that's going on around us. And then we look back in the book of, I think it was Matthew, when, when Peter and, and the disciples were on the boat and the storm was raging. Mm-hmm. And they looked out and they saw a figure, mm-hmm. and it, they were frightened. And then they realized that it was Jesus, and uh, was it Peter that said, uh, Father, if it is you, tell me to come out to you. And Jesus summoned him, and Peter walked out in the storm on the water. Mm-hmm. He walked toward Jesus, and then he looked around at the storm. Mm-hmm. And he started to sink, and Jesus saved him. And the problem with us now is that we're taking our eyes off Jesus, and we're looking at the storm, and we're sinking. Mm-hmm. 
we have to keep our eyes on Jesus. We have to keep our eyes on our faith. We have to stay faithful. We have to stay focused on what God has told us to stay focused on. Amen. Amen. Well, the production is called Tolton from Slave to Priest. We've been talking with Jim Coleman, who portrays Venerable Father Augustus Tolton. And uh, Jim, tell our listeners if if they are, you say you're trying to line up some uh, opportunity here to bring the production to uh, particular locations here on the East Coast, perhaps. How can they do that? What's what's the process? You contact stlukeproductions.com. Go to our website and book a show. Yeah. You, all you have to do is go to stlukeproductions.com, and we will we will guide you through, and you will be able to, you, when you go to the website, you'll see the different productions that we have. Uh, it'll ask you if you'd like to host a show, and you just go in, click on that, or, I mean, you can call the offices, and, and, and someone will take your call there, and you'll be able to book a show. But we are looking forward to getting back out there and definitely bringing these shows to everyone. Um, they've been—St. Luke Production has been, has been doing this for almost 40 years now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it is something—you know, when you think about it, production companies— especially live theater, doesn't last that long. Right. So obviously they're doing something right, right. and God is carrying them through. And we continue to uh, try and bless people as often as possible. Mm-hmm. Please go to stlukeproductions.com or contact us at 360-687-8029, and we'll be happy to uh, uh, accommodate you and, and, and get the shows to you. No, and that. we'll do. Oh, I'm sorry. I, I was going to say we'll do everything we possibly can, uh, Jim. Also to you know promote when when the productions are back on. We'll give a shout out where they're going to be. Everything that we can do to help because I'm like your first cheerleader here. Yeah, Cheryl came home that night from the, oh. the production and said, oh. "Oh, you have to you have to go see it." She it was, was just... the most powerful. And when I met you, it was like it was like you said I was meeting. Father Tolton himself, you know, you were so convincing. But what amazed me is, is I have a little background in the musical theater and there's usually like loads of people running around and, you know, it's like a a huge staff, but the production was of the highest quality and what they did with like visual arts and multimedia and they had the sound engineer and it, it, it was amazing without really 50 people being there, you know, it was, it's just the, the utmost highest quality. So, and I, I Thank didn't. You so much. Yeah, I didn't know much about Father Tolton, and of course I went because our little Anthony did the music, you know. But, um. St. Luke is the website. Check it out. We've been talking with Jim Coleman. Jimmy, God bless you for all you do, your good work, your the wonderful talent the Lord has blessed you with, and for sharing that with us in this particular production. God bless you. Thank you so much for having me, and again, um, continue your great work. Thank you, and spread the word. We look forward to being out and seeing you all again. We look forward to that. God bless you. Thanks, Jim. Take care now. All right, friends, you stay where you are. I'll be back in just a minute. Don't go away. What have you done for your marriage today? I gave a huge hug this morning, like a really big squeeze. She got a really short haircut that she hated, and I wrote her a note and put it up on the mirror saying that she was a cute girl with cute hair. I got him mustard and mayonnaise for his sandwich when we were having lunch. Today we've actually organized a date night tonight. And silverware and napkins. 
Wasn't that wonderful? What have I done for my marriage today? Wow, that is a great question. I took the baby while she worked. I suppose I, I, I didn't yell at him for anything at all. I got up with the baby while he slept. Yeah. I have carried my wife's purse. What have you done for your marriage today? What have I done? I listened to my wife uh, when we talked on the telephone today. Well, I've done today what I usually do, and that is obey. She really likes it when I listen. What have you done for your marriage today? Little things can make a big difference. For ideas, go to foryourmarriage.org. A message from the Catholic Church. All right, welcome back. Thanks to Jim Coleman for being with us. And uh, powerful production. You saw I uh, was out, out, out at LaSalle. LaSalle University. And there is a sound, is there a soundtrack CD featuring Anthony's music that you have? There is. And, <laughs> uh, you know, I couldn't put my hands right on it. It's a little bit more powerful than the ditties he writes for us here for oh, our yeah, little jingles. But, uh, it's not quite a jingle. <laughs> Very moving. And based on some of the spirituals, perhaps, that they would have sung back in the day, some original music, too. But, you know, the sweeping strings that Although add the drama. he calls himself Tony. Mm-hmm. We Tony. call him Anthony. Because it's Anthony. He's, his professional name is Tony. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Manfredonia. Which, by the way, they, they uh, sentenced that guy, that other man, the bad Manfredonia out there. Oh, he murder. was sentenced yeah. already? I thought he was out of the news, but this morning I was watching the news and I heard him. Oh, Peter, right. Peter Manfredonia has been sentenced. Stop saying it! <laughs> He's not related. He's not related to no, us at all. No, we checked the all. whole family tree all the way back to the 1700s no, in Italy. No, no Peters. No, no, no. Yeah, all the way back, mid-1700s, Diane's taking my family back to. I know, pretty amazing, those Avelino, Avelino, Avelino. Avelino? Avelino. Avelino. Which is just um, east, not just east, but east of Naples. Oh, East of Napoli. Oh, that's a rough area these days. Na- Naples is. Yeah. yeah, Naples is pretty rough. But best pizza in the world, they say. That's where that's where <laughs> that's it, it all started. That's right? where it originated. Well, we're itching to go. They, back, there was a but, video where oh. they showed people. It was a, one of these prank videos in Italy where they showed people delivering in Naples pizza to Italians in their homes in Naples. Yeah. But the pizza had pineapple on it. And oh, they were no. throwing it. They were, they were like, they were, get out of the house. I know it's a sacrilege. I'm sorry. Pineapple. They were saying, what would it be like if you delivered to a pizza? And yeah. so here they're expecting a normal pizza and it had pineapple. They had no clue. Not only that, it was very offensive. Oh, I'm sure. It was offensive to the Italians it to have pineapple their- on their pizza. <laughs> <laughs> the true Napolitanos. They had said, no, get out of here. And there was one where they literally threw the pizza at the guy who delivered it. <laughs> Fabulous. Fabulous. you got to love the Italians. <laughs> <laughs> now, next week, I think we should have a call in or the um, text in or whatever, you know, give us a message. I'm curious, would people travel now? Would they? Would you start putting something on your calendar? And For like it? a pilgrimage? Yeah. yeah I don't and think so. would you stay on our soil? Would you venture overseas? I'm just curious what other people... I was checking. I Listen, we can get great deals to Italy. I know, but... I already checked. But the thing is, people are going to wait until the fall because of the you know, the, the constant... In the back of your mind, they put, but it may return. Oh. So people are going to wait for that. Anyway, thanks to uh, all of our guests, Jim Coleman, uh, Father Dennis Gill, Jim Hoffman and his weather, and... Christy, uh, who phoned Christy, in with our winner. this week. Very Him, good. Name that Catholic tune. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's going to be a great weekend, so get out and enjoy the fresh air. Breathe it in. Get out there. And you don't need a mask outside, right? No, absolutely not. Uh, that's that's our rule. I don't miss <laughs> the real rule. Okay. Uh, stay safe. Follow the guidelines, as they say. And come back and join us again next Friday. 
And um, go to church on Sunday. Go to Sunday. Mass. And, yeah, know, or Saturday. You have to make reservations. Though. I don't know. All right. God bless you. Take care.